Shalom and welcome to the Chosen People radio program. I'm Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. And today on our program, we're going to be looking at the 27th reading of the annual Torah portion, which in Hebrew is Tazriah, meaning she conceived or she will conceive. And of course, the birth of a child is a wonderful thing. I have two daughters. My co-host and good friend Bobby Walter has two children. But there is a miraculous birth that means so much to each and every one of us as followers of Jesus the Messiah. And that birth was predicted in Scripture, and there are other prophetic elements uh, to the birth where we see in the New Testament, Joseph and Mary followed through as Jews on the rituals surrounding birth that were outlined in this very portion of the Old Testament reading of the of what we call, of course, the Torah portion. And so to introduce all of that to you, let me turn it over to my dear friend and colleague, Bobby Walter. So Bobby, why should every believer need to understand Leviticus chapter 12? Mitch, I am so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, shalom and welcome, everyone. Just wanted to uh, make sure that we greet you and let you know that we're very grateful for uh, you joining us today. As Mitch mentioned, we're really you know, looking forward to this discussion today as we look at Leviticus chapter 12 and all of these different laws and rituals and commandments concerning what was supposed to take place when a woman gave birth to a child. So let's jump in. Okay, so Mitch mentioned the name of this portion is Tazria, which is the Hebrew for she conceived or she will conceive. And that actually comes from the portion itself, from the text itself. So in Leviticus chapter 12 starts off like this. Verse 1 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, When a woman gives birth and bears a male child. So that's where the word Tazria comes from. Then she shall be unclean for seven days. So, the first few verses here in Leviticus 12, we get this picture of a woman who's, you know, enjoying a, just such a, a blessed experience of entering into motherhood and giving birth to a child. And in the first five verses, we have this explanation that she's going to be in this ritually impure, unclean state because of the birth, because of uh, the messiness of the birth, I guess we can say. Bobby, it's the shedding of blood. Yeah. I didn't want to say it, but Mitch, thank you for pointing it out. You're welcome. Uh, so this issue or this condition of being unclean is only temporary. So God provides a way, though, for the woman to go through the process of being made clean again. So when the woman would give birth to a male, she would be in this unclean state for 33 days. When she gave birth to a female, she would be in this unclean state for 66 days. But after this time of being unclean, when the time for her purification came, we pick up in verse 6. It says this, When the days of her purification are completed for a son or for a daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the doorway of the tent of meeting a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. And then it goes on into the details about what the priest would do 
And uh, in order to make these offerings and sacrifices and shed this blood that would lead to this woman, this mother, now being declared clean and ritually pure once again. Yeah, Bobby, it's not implying that a woman is sinful. Right. But there's all sorts of ways that people are defiled, and it doesn't mean that they've sinned against God, Mm -hmm. but it means that they are deemed to be unclean to be within the community. And there's always one degree or another of separation. And a lot of it, honestly, has to do with hygiene. And so the sacrifices that are offered at the end of this separation is not an atonement for sin because what happens to a woman at childbirth is certainly not sin, but it's a reentry celebration coming back into the community and, in a sense, a dedication of their child to the Lord. Right. And so that's why you have these various sacrifices. So think of it more of a temporary social separation rather than a sinful separation from God. It's a social separation from the community, and these various sacrifices celebrate redemption, and it celebrates the whole idea that even the child is now part of the community. Right. So you have to really look at it that way. Right. Which is really interesting when we jump now to the New Testament, because this portion in Leviticus chapter 12 actually comes up, and it's mentioned in the context of the birth of Jesus, in the birth of the Messiah. So when we look in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22, we see that Mary was in this state of being unclean after she had given birth to the Messiah, even, you know, if you can fathom that. Uh, But in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, it says this, And when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed. Okay, so this is very similar language to what we just read in Leviticus 12. What did they do? They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, which... Uh, That is actually a direct quote from Leviticus chapter 12, verse 8. Yeah, and this is very significant that Jesus went through all of the correct steps according to the Torah from his birth to being accepted into the commonwealth of Israel, to Israeli society. And this is a really important point, Bobby, because we say that Jesus is without sin. What Mm -hmm. do we mean by that? Well, we mean that Jesus did everything according to the book. (laughs) Right. So uh, the the, the theologians had a great word for this. They call it the impeccability of Christ. I mean, and lofty language, but but when somebody or something is impeccable, it means it's completely without error. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus lived a life that was without error. He was perfect according to the book. Well, what book? Well, the Torah, actually the entirety of the Old Testament. Right. And so Jesus never went outside the boundaries of the Old Testament. But what's really great to understand is neither did his parents. And so every step that Jesus went through, even when he didn't have control of his own life because he was a baby, was according to Scripture. So he was presented, he was circumcised, there was a redemption of the firstborn also Mm -hmm. uh, in the New Testament. And so 
everything that was supposed to be done for a male child, according to Scripture, was done so that Jesus was not only impeccable or perfect in his actions, his thoughts, his words, but he was also impeccably raised. (laughs) And his entry into Israel as a baby was all according to Scripture. So, indeed, we have an absolutely perfect Messiah. Right. One more additional thought before we leave and hear some other announcements. I just want to to make it clear that when Mary and Joseph went to Jerusalem for the presentation, according to what the Torah, what the Word of God demanded, they were greeted in some spectacular ways, especially by two elderly Jewish saints who had been waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And uh, I think, Bobby, you're going to tell us a little bit more about that from Luke chapter 2. And I think that you're going to find it incredibly fascinating. At Chosen People Ministries, our desire is to share the good news of Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah, with Jewish people in ways that are challenging, creative, and compelling. We can only accomplish this mission with the partnership, prayers, and financial support of listeners like you, who have the desire and a passion to reach out to Jewish people all over the country and enrich their lives with a message of hope and salvation. If that's you, please connect with us online. You'll find us at chosenpeople.com radio, or you can connect with us through the mail or over the phone. For those details and more, visit chosenpeople.com slash radio. Your partnership helps us continue the mission we started over 127 years ago. And for that, we say thank you. And we look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And Bobby, you were going to tell us about how Mary and Joseph and little baby Jesus experienced an incredible welcome when they came to Jerusalem to present the baby according to the Torah. So tell us what happened. Yeah, that's right, Mitch. And I think incredible is probably probably a great word to use to describe what they experienced while they were there. You know, I, I imagine that they went up to Jerusalem to, you know, fulfill the commandment in Leviticus 12 and, and for the purification and thought that that would be it maybe, and then they would just head home. But while they were there, again, something incredible happened. They encountered two special individuals. The first one is known as Simeon the Righteous. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, it says this, And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. So right there, that, that kind of summarizes the character of Simeon, right? What was his hope? What was his desire? What was he looking for and longing for? He was looking and longing for the consolation of Israel, the fulfillment of God's promises that he has made all throughout the Old Testament to the Jewish people. We keep reading, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So that, I mean, this is, again, pretty incredible, right? So this man, Simon the Righteous, is there in Jerusalem. He's waiting. We're not told how long he's actually been waiting in Jerusalem, but he received this promise from God, communicated through the Holy Spirit, that he would one day see the Messiah, that he he would see the Messiah come before he died. So, Bobby, 
forgive me for interrupting, but this is, is so exciting, really, because yeah. you have Mary and Joseph and Jesus being brought along, fulfilling a legal portion of the Torah, that this was something that a mother had to do Correct. to present the child. I mean, they had just circumcised Jesus exactly according to the word of God, and little did they know that God had also, on the other side, spoken to Shimon or Simeon, and what God had spoken to Simeon would now be fulfilled because Mary and Joseph were obedient to God and fulfilled their legal obligation in the presentation of the baby Jesus. I, th I think it's just awesome. And you, can, you could read through this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and because so many of us are not familiar with the Old Testament and we don't read through the Torah, this just goes to show the great value of understanding this. Our Jewish roots as believers in Jesus are not merely in some really wonderful traditions and some good Jewish foods, so, though that, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> but it's in understanding the five books of Moses and particularly understanding the Hebrew Bible because it sets the stage for the continuation of God's redemptive plan. Right, right. And you know what else I love about this? Notice how many times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in this little section about Simeon. It's at least four times where the Spirit is referred to and mentioned as uh, being the means through which God gave this promise to Simeon. And it's happening according to the Torah. So you, you, you find the, the Spirit and the letter uh, working hand in hand almost, and, and God's revealed will being on display through His Spirit and His Word at the same time. Not to make a big deal out of it, Bobby, but there is a little gem hidden in the Greek too because the Greek word for consolation is the word parakletos. And the word parakletos, the one who is called alongside, is the term that even Jesus uses of the Holy Spirit, that right. the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Same same word, exactly. uh, parakletos. Yeah. And uh, so the Holy Spirit is kind of, if you think of the oil, you know, of the priest anointing, you know, uh, and it was smeared. The Holy Spirit is just sort of smeared all over this passage. You can't have all this without the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. Exactly, exactly. So let, let's keep reading, right? Because, you know, it gets better. So verse 27, and he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So just try to picture this, right? Mary and Joseph are bringing the baby Jesus into the temple to fulfill Leviticus 12 and, and a few other passages in Exodus and Numbers. And then this, this strange man comes over, Simeon the righteous, and he grabs the baby, holds him up, and just begins to bless God and speak with this profound truth concerning the identity of this child, the identity of the Messiah. And I love how he describes him, right? He, he describes him as coming to bring salvation for the entire world, for the whole globe, right? A light of revelation to the Gentiles. And this is what I really want us to, to see here, the glory of your people, Israel. Hmm. When Jesus came, when Jesus came as the Messiah, when he was born in the flesh, it was and it is good news for Israel. Absolutely, it is. And of course, when there's good news for Israel, 
is also good news for the Gentiles, right? Right. right. Because he is the Messiah for uh, all people. And I love, I love the way this is, I mean, this is so rich in uh, Old Testament prophecy from Isaiah chapter 9 and Isaiah 42 and 49, where there's no doubt that the servant of the Lord has a ministry both to his own people and also to the peoples of the world. Remember, God said to Abram, of course, I'll bless those who bless thee, curse those who curse thee, and through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So when Simeon sort of explodes with joy and quotes from the prophets and from from the Old Testament, he is just rejoicing that God is fulfilling his plan. And Simeon had a pretty good grasp on that plan, that there would be a savior, and that that savior would not only be the savior for the Jewish people, but the savior for the world. I love it. Right, right. So, you know, again, it continues to get better and even more rich because now in verse 33, we learn about how St. Joseph and Mary react more to this. It's now as this, his father and mother were amazed at the things which remained said about him and sits and blessed them. And said to Mary, his mother, now he's, he's shouting directly to Mary here, and that she's the one, according to the era, who is the one who remembers in this speak your state of Mary, and it's on her to go up to Jerusalem, the Torah go through the sheep purification who was in process, and now on top of it, that sure getting this spiritual message from God through the case, right, individual, now, but that, uh, she's said to Mary, special mother, behold, ah, uh, this child is righteous, pointed, will fall, and rise, he's of Mary in behold. And for shine to depose for the and a soul word will rise e many your is your soul for a sand to be a thoughts many hearts sore may pierce you even your own soul a lot was to the end that from God had hearts that may be revealed. Uh, Mary knew Gabriel about what and come and so on. Yes, God so she revealed she to her the things uh, through Gabriel and and, and and great and traduce she treasure these things as a in her heart. You not only just um, to be introduced cross to Mary under Mary mom. Not only as a maybe chore mom, door the foot of the snake, but to understand Mary name as a mom of a baby. Uh, my first daughter was oh, named uh, Miriam. I didn't know why she was named Miriam. Why? I do. Why don't you tell the story? Day. So we just couldn't get a name. My wife went into labor just before their Christmas day. All, all the Christians or non-Jewish Nurses had gone home to be with their families. All the labor nurses were Jewish, and we decided to sing the Messianic songs as she was being born. Wow. <laughs> all these Jewish labor nurses having to listen to our Messianic songs. Then when, of course, she was born on Christmas Day, we took the name Miriam because Mary was just such a, a great role model and example. Bobby, she's the quintessential Jewish mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So now we meet someone else, huh? Yeah. Like we mentioned earlier, there are two special people that Joseph, Miriam, and the baby Jesus encountered during this Leviticus 12 fulfillment. So the next person, she's identified as Anna the prophetess. Uh, we're, we're told that she was a widow. She was 84 years old. And then in verse 37, it says, she never left the temple, serving night and day with fastings and prayers. And at that very moment... She came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So not only is Simeon the righteous uh, proclaiming this, these profound truths about the Messiah's identity as a little baby, 
uh, just, you know, a little over a month old. But then this prophetess Anna comes up and she continues to speak these truths about the identity of the Messiah. It's, it kind of reminds me of the, the Torah commandment that something is uh, valid and found to be true on account of two or three witnesses. Mm. Well, here we have these two witnesses making these statements. And I just love how, how her message, what she was proclaiming day and night, how it's summarized for us or who she was speaking to. She was speaking of Yeshua, of Jesus, the Messiah, to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So again, the birth of the Messiah Jesus, his ministry, it was good news for Israel then, and it continues to be good news for Israel even to this very day and into the future. It's a real mistake to think that so many Jewish people rejected Jesus. I mean, the truth is, many Jewish people accepted Jesus, uh, and we find that in the Gospels and, of course, in the Book of Acts and so on. Can I just give you one and give our audience one little piece of what I would call almost gospel trivia, but it's kind of fun, about Anna? If you look carefully, what tribe is Anna from, Bobby? She's from the tribe of Asher. Now, Asher was one of the 10 lost tribes, correct? That's correct. So people always wonder, how could God ever regather the 12 tribes, as it says in Revelation and other passages, how is that possible? Well, it's possible because what is lost to us is not necessarily lost to God. <laughs> and Anna from Asher, I think, is just a little reminder that God still has his eye on the Jewish people and he knows where everybody is. And even though some Jewish people today might not know their tribe, and most probably don't, God does. And so, You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Our lesson today was from the 27th Torah portion in the book of Leviticus. And if you've missed the messages in this brand new study, you can find them online at chosenpeople.com radio. And then if you're looking for a way to learn more about the Jewish roots of your Christian faith, be sure to request a copy of our latest booklet, 10 Ways to Find Messiah in the Passover. Discover why Passover is the clear biblical backdrop of the gospel and why Yeshua, Jesus' sacrifice, is the ultimate fulfillment of the Passover story. It's yours free when you reach out to us today at chosenpeople.com slash offer. Bobby, it's even available as an instant digital download. So you can get your copy today, immediately. So ask for 10 ways to find Messiah in the Passover when you call 888-2-YESHUA. The number again is 888-293-7482. And again, you can always go to chosenpeople.com slash offer. You know, Chosen People Ministries would not exist without the faithful support of Christians around the world who stand with Israel and the Jewish people. And we're grateful for the prayers and sacrificial gifts that enable us to continue to bring the gospel to Jewish people in 20 countries around the globe. We'd love to hear from you. So please reach out online, over the phone, or through the mail. And uh, Bobby, once again, would you give them our actual street address in the middle of Manhattan? Sure, sure. You can write to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. But right now, let's wrap up today's message with the priestly blessing from the book of Numbers. Once again, here's Mitch sharing the ironic benediction with his good friend, singer and songwriter, Marty Getz. 
Yivarechecha Adonai Vishmarecha Ya'er panavelecha Vichunecha Yisa Adonai panavelecha Vyasem lecha Shalom Vyasem lecha Shalom Vyasem lecha Shalom Vyasem lecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. <laughs>